0: Welcome to Engaging ESG, the new podcast that considers what it takes to get ESG comms right and how it can go oh so wrong. From fears of greenwashing and systemic bias to the backlash against woke investing, the risk of getting ESG wrong can be high, but so can ignoring the concerns of employees, consumers, and our planet. I'm Jennifer Owens, former external content strategy lead for Meta
1: Sustainability. And I'm Katie Callens, former Head of Sustainability Engagement at META. In this 10-part series, we'll delve into the complexities of ESG communications by tackling your toughest inquiries. We'll explore the pitfalls and opportunities and share practical answers you and your team can use today as you navigate the evolving landscape of environmental, social, and governance topics. Let's get started.
0: Welcome to the final episode of Engaging ESG. It's episode 10. Can you believe it, Katie?
1: I can. You know, we've covered such a wide range of topics throughout this podcast series, from reporting versus communications to greenwashing and green hushing, partners, investors, customers. We've covered a lot. And we really have aimed to touch on each of the primary stakeholders and potential pitfalls, you know, that ESG comms Teams face. And so, just a friendly reminder that our shows are very accessible and easy to access anytime. Share us with your favorite ESG friend.
0: And like our show, uh, Katie and I aren't going anywhere. If you have a question for either of us, for both of us, just shoot us a note at engagingesg at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And as we think about where the show goes in the future after a nice long break, We'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. So today we're going to do a little something different. We've been talking about kind of the state of all the discussions that we have had in these episodes. In this one, we're going to talk about where we see ESG comms going. It can be intriguing. It can be inspiring. It can be a very frustrating moment right now in ESG. The positive side, you have the Inflation Reduction Act, and that's pumping billions of grants and loan monies into the system. And businesses are looking at new ways to finance clean energy, sustainability projects. It's really, those stories are just like, wow, I can't believe they're doing this now. And then on the negative side, we have the political pressure doesn't seem to be going away. It's, you know, it's targeting major investment funds, asset managers that you know, are using ESG metrics in their decision-making. And then in the middle, we have increased reporting regulations coming from the SEC. Expect, I think in October, there's increases uh, for regulatory metrics in the EU. It's an evolving situation, and it has companies not only reconsidering their ESG goals, but what they want to say about them.
1: Yeah. And just to build on kind of the forward-looking timeline – one of the things I think a lot of folks are going to be looking to is the elections next year, mm. 2024. If we have a democratic president and cabinet and all of those things, you know, will definitely impact the regulatory environment as well. So yeah. also something to keep in mind. And it's clear to, clear to us that folks are scared. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, we saw a study just recently that said that 1,200 companies don't want to talk about their ESG work. So yeah. that's quite a green hushing. That uh, is a huge story. number, right? Twelve hundred. I was yeah. I was surprised to say that to see that, and you know, quite frankly, I think we all agree that it's incredibly short sighted. As those of us living on Earth in summer 2023, <laughs> we're having.
0: Yeah, you can't
1: hide from what's
0: happening right now. You can't
1: hide (laughs) from it. Whether you're listening to this right now or even in the future, we are experiencing uh, registering our hottest ever days. Very intense storms. You know, Jen, I know on the East Coast, y'all have been having a lot of air quality issues with the wildfires.
0: Literally circus peanut orange one day. (laughs) I've never seen that color. It was so intense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, those visions reminded me of San Francisco a couple years ago. But yeah, you know, while I don't love the solidarity of everyone experiencing (laughs) horrible air quality, I do hope that when things like this happen closer to some power centers like DC and New York, that can- Yeah, it wakes you up. Create more change. Yeah. But you know what that really, I think, tells us again is that sustainability only needs to become more embedded in day-to-day business. When we talk a lot about business and we think about strategic planning for the future, there's lots of discussions about risk. And the climate crisis is frankly too big a risk for companies not to contend with head on. Yeah. And I think the other note that I'll make here is that meanwhile, you know, the population continues to diversify. And right now we're in a little bit of a tougher economic cycle, but we know that's not going to last. There's going to be a talent war upon us very soon. And companies that are authentically positioned to attract the best talent will win. And these companies will hopefully be talking about ESG, right?
0: Uh, I would hope so. I mean, because that is what is attracting people to their company, especially you know the younger folks coming in. But I'll tell you, as a Gen Xer, it attracts me too. Mm-hmm. We want our work to have purpose, and we want to work for companies that are making a positive impact. You know, when that comes, how do I know if you're making a positive impact? And and we're grownups. We know that these are complicated topics when we're looking at companies we want to work for and support and invest in as retail investors, but it involves you communicating your ESG initiatives overall, which, uh, does everyone take time to read the full ESG report? No, but these stories do pop up about your progress, your goals, the impact of your actions.
1: Definitely, and transparency is going to continue to be key. Yeah. As noted, there's a ton of stakeholders, including customers like us, investors, employees, that are just going to continue to demand greater transparency when we think about ESG work and ESG reporting. And it's kind of becoming table stakes, quite frankly. Yeah. And so companies really need to provide clear, accurate, easily understandable, non jargoned <laughs> ideally, yeah. information to kind of demonstrate their commitment and drive positive change. And I think the big thing too about transparency, as I see it, is it's not like, oh, you do your annual report and it's done. It's the steady drumbeat of information that you're sharing because that will, I think, counteract some of these fears about green hushing. If you consistently are hearing from a company about the work they're doing, the progress on their goals, the ways that they're falling short, but still trying to get there, that track Mm -hmm. record, I think, will speak volumes.
0: For sure. And one thing where I think we take that story going forward is the intersection of DE&I and sustainability. Because I yes. think that there's a reason that this has all come together, that ESG, you know, I I honestly, you've helped me understand how it all comes together. And now I think it goes more broadly to understand the interconnectedness of the E and the S and then the impact on the G, the advocates have, who are on the ground are very well of the, aware of the connection, but I think that storyline will start to bubble up more and more of the two coming together. I remember at Meta, the Data for Good team, they have all these numbers that they're looking at that show that the impact of climate uh, change and climate crisis disproportionately impacts women and underserved communities. Which leads us into the topics of climate justice. And so you can't work on these things in a silo. Companies are going to need to consider the intersections and develop strategies that address the specific challenges faced by all kinds of groups.
1: Completely. And I think there are a lot of opportunities where these topics overlap. And so rather than seeing this as kind of a checkbox exercise, right. To think about, okay, how do I get my E and my S and my G thinking about intersectionality is really where the movement is going. I think it's one of the biggest things when we're trying to understand broader social and environmental context in which a company operates And why ESG has been such a powerful approach to business strategy is because when you integrate DE&I and sustainability efforts, for example, companies can really create a more holistic and impactful strategy that drives positive change on multiple fronts. You're not doing different work. You have similar aims, but you're saying that there's maybe multiple symptoms to this challenge or different ways to lift up these key groups or these key partners. and. I think increasingly what we're seeing is that the climate crisis is definitely an environmental issue, but it's also an equity issue. It's also a refugee issue, you know? And I mm-hmm. think like with that understanding and when we get to this perspective of kind of people-focused stories and human-centered solutions, that's really going to drive this work. And it's really makes DE&I, for example, inseparable from sustainable development. Yeah. So I think on the sustainability front, teams need to recognize that addressing environmental challenges not, is not enough, and also we need to ensure that our efforts uplift and empower marginalized communities, really promote social justice, and in the end are creating an equitable community for all.
0: Yes, for sure, because by integrating DEI and i into sustainability you're not only working on mitigating your environmental impact, but then you're contributing to social progress in authentic and far reaching ways and that isn't that always the key We've talked in every episode, so we have to do it now of being you know figuring out doing the homework to know what your company values are and then what your goals are, what's the narrative here and this intersection only helps make it stronger and make the story more authentic and so when you're thinking about things of like gender equality, promoting gender equality within your workforce, shrinking the wage gap, which is, you know, insidious, it's just so hard to, it's, you can never take your eye off the wage gap. Creating that in your headquarters also means ensuring fair wages and safe working conditions across your full supply chain. And so that connects to sustainable development and it, you know, hopefully it's connected to your company values and thus it keeps going. And so now if you're engaging diverse perspectives and involving these marginalized communities into your decision making, how do we get gender equality? What would help in this community? Then you can make more inclusive approaches, but also more effective approaches that address unique challenges faced by the audiences you're trying to reach.
1: Yes. And let's not forget that companies are not alone. Yeah. There's a huge opportunity for collaboration. We had an entire episode all about the power of partnership. And we really think this is super important about the future of ESG comms too. If you're really being thoughtful about the organizations that you're partnering with, especially those that specialize in both the overlap of E and S and G topics, diversity and sustainability as an example... Companies can leverage their expertise to really drive meaningful change. I think companies believe sometimes that they have to have all the answers and they have to know exactly how to solve everything (laughs) Mm. because maybe they're used to having to put on that kind of brave face for investors. But this is a learning opportunity. This is an early field. And so the collaborative approach, especially where companies can be active listeners with their partners, really, I think, can propel this work forward. And there's a huge opportunity for sharing best practices, creating innovative collaborative solutions, and really amplifying impact. Yeah, definitely.
0: And it helps bridge the gap, right? The, oh, the, yes. Between, mm-hmm. you know, because he, so we're saying, oh, make the intersection happen. You know, live at that intersection. Well, you may not be ready, The walls may be up between the sustainability team and the diversity team, even though, you know, you all maybe are on the same, hopefully you're on an XFN or you're making connections and the like, but sometimes it takes, you know, you have these partners that are living and working in that to bridge those topics. What an excellent way to bring in that subject matter expert into your tent.
1: Totally. You know, it just reminded me of an example, Jen. So at Meta, we were building our climate justice strategy Mm. and we were working closely with Business Fights Poverty, an awesome consulting group. And so we were kind of creating an internal framework for how we did climate work, how we did social justice work, especially within our responsible supply chain. And that was really good work on its own. But then we also realized there was quite a need for education and socialization. So then we worked closely with greenbiz.org and Wiser Earth to put together a panel for Climate Week all about climate justice as a topic. And for us, it was a really important moment to say, you know, from a partnership landscape, like, okay, you have some technical experts that are helping you figure out how to do the work more effectively. And then there's going to be other partners that help you communicate and engage. And the response from employees and executives alike was really high. And so just one topic, climate justice, like we worked with three different partners to create all different types of deliverables. And that's kind of a holistic way of thinking about how to bring folks along as you're doing the work, because... Climate justice, I think, is a very important topic in the space and a great example of intersectionality, but it's also something that people are still wrapping their heads
0: around. So how can you bring them along on the journey? And that's what we're saying about having, um, because you could just jump in both feet into climate justice and fall in a hole because, (laughs) you know, it's not, you haven't done the homework around your narrative and how your values, you know, I personally care, you care, but how does your company show up how is your company an authentic partner to people who are already doing the work i think that's always the the moment to stop and have a thought about that and then how can you help tell the story cuz that exactly right. what you're saying is that it's it's sure there are a lot of scary numbers and depressing numbers and those numbers are real and we need to take them in and and absorb them but there is Something about telling a story that connects with people on an emotional level.
1: Yes, definitely. And I think just to really reiterate that this work is needed to be driven by a lot of different teams across yes. the company. Most sustainability, ESG, social impact, DE&I teams are tiny. <laughs> And that's fine, you know, because actually getting expertise from individuals across an organization is probably your best route forward because they know the comms landscape. They know the executive leadership landscape, recruiting, HR, supply teams. Like if you think of a company at your uh, organization at your company, like they probably need to be thinking about ESG. And so. By having a lot of relationships and a central ESG team that can provide the insights and the data, and you'll of course need comps professionals as well to help craft the messaging, but it's really kind of a a full community effort and yeah. taking the time to bring them on board and help them see how their work is you know directly impacting the company ESG goals and narrative helps them kind of feel like they're all on the same page. And it really highlights the importance, I think, of collaboration and cross-functional alignment, which are much easier said than done. But I think we're really yeah. progressing. Well, just
0: say it and you'll do it. Yeah,
1: of course. <laughs> just say collaboration and suddenly everyone's aligned. And, and suddenly everyone's enjoy, working together. And, and there are
0: no knowledge gaps. You will <laughs> not be caught flat-footed because no. we said the word, the magic word, collaboration. Yeah. And I think just
1: to just to give one more piece on that is, you know, I think I also try to come into these situations with like quite a bit of humility that these Mm. teams have one hundred and one million things on their plate and you are potentially adding one (laughs) hundred and two. Right. And so how do you approach them as an effective partner? By understanding their goals, by understanding their objectives, and so coming to them with that kind of framed up, rather than the expectation that they're also going to just care about ESG off the bat, is definitely a bit of a, a give and take.
0: For sure, for sure. That and that that works for just about any team you come into. Yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> so, so true. So so yes, as you come in, and we've all sat down at the meeting with the new voice that comes in slashing and burning and it's like you know immediately your hackles are up and you're you're in a defensive posture of like wait you know the
1: week well and even I think it's interesting from like a cultural perspective Jen because I've been thinking I was thinking about this a lot the last couple of years at meta you know it's a very west Coast, business we have a lot of people from the west coast i'm a west coast native and then our team got more and more folks from the east coast and globally and there's you know as much as we are in supposedly one country with the us people communicate differently there's like oh, for sure. a directness versus a more subtlety asking for permission asking for forgiveness i think that's also just something to really take into heart about the culture of the teams and the companies that you're working with that yep can take a while to figure out, but definitely are helpful when you're building those bridges.
0: For sure. The other topic I want us to hit on in thinking about the future is AI, which seems to be there's a headline about it each and every day. And if you've played around with it, it's fun, it's weird, you can see the hiccups. And so it's going to have an impact on ESG comms, because it's going to have an impact on all comms. And Nicole Lohr, who was writing for me on the Meta Sustainability site, I just noticed today that she wrote a really neat, like, kind of roundup of the impact of ESG and AI, like, what's happening there to bring them together for her work at Ideas on Purpose, which is a New York City based brand and digital design agency. And so, what she's pointing to is AI as a thought generating and research tool which I love because there's nothing worse than a blank white page when you're having writer's block. And so it, that's always a help. But also we're going to see AI coming in to automate data collection and data analysis. And you know that may be helping with your, your folks on the audit and assessment teams, but it's going to come into your ESG reports. And then she also talks about it helping with analyzing stakeholder engagement. Although, and I love this, that she warns that it's, you know, important to remember there's, you know, we can't lose the human element when it comes to interpretation and addressing concerns and expectations. So thank you, Nicole. Thank you for letting us stay in the mix.
1: (laughs) Yes, definitely. This is an important tool. And also we should double check the
0: information to make
1: sure that what we're feeding good information in, and so we'll get more information out. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought this up. I do think AI has been a hot topic that we've seen in the tech industry has been discussed for quite a bit now. And I think the applicability to ESG is an interesting, important one as we look ahead to kind of what's next in this space. And it's, of course, going to be a tool that we as comps professionals need to get comfortable with using. And, you know, it's something that we can think about for when it can help us and also when it can hurt. There's a double-edged sword to each of these things. You know, I think what AI sometimes folks are calling hallucinations <laughs> and what we comms people just call errors. I love so. it.
0: That's branding right there. <laughs> there we go.
1: Yes, exactly. Hallucinations Hall- of the robot.
0: Hallucinations, oh my gosh, that's so silly. I love it. But it's here and it can be a tool. And it's just, you know, it's just like, you know, when you go off looking in your a Google search for something and you're like, wait, I don't trust that resource you're going to have to go back and and check your work. Check your homework people. So, yes,
1: definitely. And I think for those deeper on the data side of ESG work, it's also worth noting that AI is going to continue to be a tool and a resource for crunching the numbers of a yeah. lot of the back-end data that is kind of creating the ratings and rankings, going into reports and so There's quite a few ways that AI is showing up in both the comms
0: and the day-to-day data piece The measurement, verification, and reporting side of it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Katie, as we wrap up this particular episode and the series for now, I know I want to thank our listeners for joining us on this engaging ESG journey. I mean, we didn't know where we were going to go when we started. This has been very exciting, and I've enjoyed going on this exploration of the evolving world of ESG and its impact on businesses and society. And I hope that you know our peers who are fighting the good fight with their comms teams know that we not only see them, but we value the work they do every day.
1: Yes, definitely. And I'll have to give a special thank you to Jen for gently nudging me to do this project. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. At first, I was not so sure if this was the right <laughs> platform for me. And I just have to say, it has been such a delight. It's been such a fun way to think about the work that you and I have gotten to do at Meta and other organizations and think about it, make it more accessible for a broader audience. And I'll also just share the anecdote that my mom told me after listening to this series that she finally understands my work. Oh, then we've won. After 10 years. (laughs) So uh, thanks mom for listening. Really appreciate the support. But in all seriousness, thank you so much too, to the folks who have been following along with us on this journey. I think, as Jen mentioned, we thought we had some important things to share, but weren't totally sure if there'd be a market or an interest in it. And we have just gotten so much amazing oh, feedback so great from our a broad set of peers who are deep in this space or folks who are just starting to wrap their minds around it. And so we'll just close by saying that, you know, no matter where you are, in terms of understanding ESG in the comms landscape, there's a place for you.
0: We oh, really yes. want
1: you to see yourself as part of this movement because it takes everyone. I am often repeating the drawdown line of every job is a climate job. Mm-hmm. So please do keep that in mind. And I really hope that our discussions have provided you with some key nuggets of insight and sparked maybe some meaningful conversations in your companies. And just to remember that ESG is not a trend. It's really an ongoing journey towards a more sustainable and inclusive f- future. And to our peers, I say, stay informed, challenge the status quo, and please continue to be a driving force of positive change.
0: Jen and I are there with you. And as always, keep engaging. Thank you for joining us on Engaging ESG. Have a question for us to consider or a strategy you'd like us to cover? Email us today at engagingesg@gmail.com. at gmail.com
1: please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Engaging ESG today. It helps us grow and even better. Be sure to share the podcast with your favorite sustainability, diversity, or social impact colleague. And until next time, keep engaging.